Joining me now on the Lakeshore Records podcast is the composer of the fantastic A Scanner Darkly. Today, I am joined by Graham Reynolds. Graham, how are you, sir? I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me. I am. No, I'm thrilled to talk to you. Uh, a Scanner Darkly is one of those. Uh, it's one of those scores that came along. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd been. I've always been a fan of film music, or I'd kind of fallen a little bit out of love with film music, and then I saw uh-huh. the film and I listened to the score and. You know, I wasn't quite sure what I was watching and listening to, to be honest. It was just, it, it completely huh. took me by surprise and completely, you know, kind of reinvigorated by love uh, for for film music. So I guess kicking things off, like, how did you become involved in the, in the, uh, in the process of A Scanner Darkly? So uh, pretty early on, I'd, I'd done one little short with Richard Linkletter before, and I think it was kind of my audition. short with Speed Levitch and it was just a piano score but uh, uh, Rick is around town and I'm around town and we're we're very active publicly and so we had a lot of overlap you know he comes to theater stuff that I've scored or just mutual friends and it was one night after a gig playing just, it was like jazz standards gig. It wasn't anything like what we did for Scanner. Uh, he asked me afterward, hey, I'm thinking about doing this movie based on this book, and I was wondering if you'd be interested in doing the music. And of course I was, and I had read a bunch of Philip K. Dick before, but I went and got the book and reread it, and sort of started conceiving and thinking about what this might be. I mean, it's even now rewatching the film kind of in preparation for this. I mean, the film came out in 2006, so that's that's roughly 11 years ago now. There's still, it's even rewatching it now. I mean, when the film starts, it says, you know, I think it's seven years uh, from, you know, now. Yep. This, this, is, this yep. is what the world will be like. And, you know, at the time, the film felt, Almost, you know, not futuristic in the sci-fi sense, but it, it felt like, yeah, I could believe this is something that would happen seven years from now. And even rewatching it now, 11 years after the film came out, it still feels like this is something that could happen in the future. And a part of that, a part of what really gives it that kind of, yeah, this could definitely happen. Uh, and it's almost like a timeless quality is your score for the film. You know, what was the kind of, what were the, I don't want to say the parameters, but what were the conversations you were having with Richard about what the music should be like? We had quite a few conversations, partly because post-production was really long. It's uh, because they filmed it, edited it, and then rotoscoped it for another year or something. We had this gigantically long time to think about music and try ideas. And early on, we we tried a couple of things that really didn't work. We spent some of them we spent a long time on. We had a lot of saxophone in there at some point. Uh, and uh, eventually I started experimenting with doing something a little bit parallel to the rotoscoping where mm-hmm. we recorded acoustic instruments and then electric guitar and then layered effects on top of that. And so sometimes you, you hear more, more of the actual natural sound of the acoustic instruments and sometimes they're layered on like the rotoscoping yeah it's you know it, it's 
it really does have a timeless quality to it. I mean, right now it seems like there is a lot of um, synthesizers are very prevalent right now in film scores. It, it seems to be kind of like the, you know, the norm now is most films or a lot of films will have a kind of a synth score. And even though a scanner definitely doesn't just have a synth score, it sounds as fresh now as it did when it came out. Like if this was a, a record that someone handed to me and said, I'll oh, check out this new album. I wouldn't think anything of it whatsoever. It just sounds timeless is, you know, was that something you were actually going for to not kind of give the score um, a timestamp? Well, that's kind of you to say. And, but uh, it was, there was something about the, the acoustic instruments being at the core of it and then layering on top of that with effects. Whereas very deliberately synthesizers uh, can be used to put you in a very specific time. The technology moves so fast, you can, if it's a 70s synthesizer, it sounds like the 70s. If it's an 80s synthesizer, it sounds like the 80s. Uh, but a string quartet through, you know, distortion and tremolo and whatever effects we're using on it, that, that doesn't, it doesn't put as clear of a date on it. And <laughs> it's, it's not just, I mean, it could be that one of these days it does sound dated, but strings have a neutral quality in film, even though they're, you know, European instruments from, that had their peak at a certain time, they still don't, they don't put you in, you know, 1700s in Europe or something. They don't, they don't, and same with piano has a bit of a neutral quality. Uh, electric guitar is a little bit more contemporary, but even that we went for a, you know, you, you can have specific guitar tones, like a fuzz that'll put you in the 60s or a mid-range thing that'll put you in the 80s. Uh, and we went for a bit, not a jazz neutral tone, but a bit more of a classic straight ahead guitar tone uh, at least as the starting point, so that it didn't put you too clearly into any one time period. Yeah, I mean, it just, it's it, it works so well. You know, it's kind of, I, I'll be honest, I hadn't listened to the score that much, but then I when I heard about this new version coming out, I was like, oh, you know, a chance to revisit that. I'm definitely up for that. And then, like, going back and reading about the score, I mean, the score was, was voted as the best soundtrack of the decade by uh, Cinema Retro Magazine. I mean... That's like, that's a pretty big deal, you know, getting, you know, it being regarded so highly and still being talked about to this day as, huh, you know, Scanner Darkly. It just, it seems like there's this kind of new appreciation uh, for the film and for the score. Yeah, it, uh, I'm very grateful for that. And, and it, it does seem like the film has aged well over time and people have started to realize it's one of Rick's best, like strong films that really holds up. I can imagine it must have been quite a strained... I mean, were you... Did you have any idea going into it what the final product was actually going to be? You know, kind of this almost computer animation, but not. You know, you can tell, you, you, you recognize all these actors. I mean, it's such a stellar cast. And 
I mean, still watching the film, it's kind of mind blowing every time you see the film and, and just the effects and how it was accomplished and how well it all works together. Were you told in advance of, well, this is what the, the end product is going to look like? They, there were aspects of it that they developed over time. Like the, the suit uh, went through a bunch of different iterations and I actually saw sort of sketches and ideas for that as they went. I mean, Waking Life had a very specific look to it, uh, but it also went through different styles and different scenes. And this one, I knew that they wanted to have one con consistent style the whole time. Hmm. And so I, I was picturing it in my head, but uh, you know, I, you can only picture so much. And so I read the book and I knew the, the characters and I read the script and I knew the actors. But, you know, we did a lot of scoring before it was rotoscoped and while they were still doing the animation. So while they're in their just like plain clothes and it's not animated at all. Did that kind of, did that have any uh, effect on, on kind of how you were creating? Because it's almost like you're, it almost becomes two films in that way where you're not seeing how it's going to end up. Like I must imagine it's quite hard scoring a film uh, not to picture um you know as as opposed to actually looking at what's on the screen and then scoring to that was was seeing the film without any of the effects did that have any effect on what you were doing yeah i think it was easier to get to where we needed to be once we started getting some of the animation in because we were connecting to this real world image and it needed to be lifted a bit more and the the deeper we got in the the more the more score we tried. In a way, uh, so many of Linkletter's films have pretty minimal music, or it's or it's uh, music of the time, sourced music. Uh, and in this one, there's in Scanner, there's so much score, uh, and that that what took us a little while to figure out that they wanted that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is it's quite a musically dense film, but at no point. I mean, it's, at no point do I watch this film and think, oh man, there's too much music in this film. It really, it, the music almost becomes a character underlining what's happening with the people on the screen, which is the job of a perfect score. You know, I've said it before that sometimes the, the, the best kind of score is almost the one you don't recognize is there because it's doing its job. And, you know, sometimes when a score stands out too much, it almost takes away from what you're seeing on the screen. But with Scanner, it's so what you're watching is so fantastical that the images and the, the score, they marry up so incredibly well. It's just it's for anyone listening to this. If you haven't revisited Scanner for a while, please go and do so, because I swear you're you are really in uh, really in for a treat. One of the questions I wanted to ask you, Graham, were you listening to anything specific or had you kind of made some notes of other film music or artists that were influencing you when you were writing the score? Ooh, it's a good question. It was so long ago now, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I mean, I listen to a lot all the time and the my listening goes all, all over the map. Uh, I do like to play around with throwing different things against the screen to see, you know, if there might be some unexpected things that match up. Um, I, I, I wish I could remember more specifically any, any specific artist that was really influencing this one. Uh, 
But it's been so long. I sh- I'd have to go back and look at my notes, I think. It's one of those things where it's it almost seems so fresh, but it actually the film is over 10 years old now. So I can imagine, okay. yeah, it was uh, it was probably a while ago. But I mean, you say you listen to a lot of stuff. Have you always been a, a fan of film music as a genre? I have. I mean, I, the first film I remember seeing in the theater was going with my cousin and my my uncle and my brother to see Star Wars when I was six. And the music plays such a huge role in that uh, that you know, couldn't help but take note of that. And I was already playing piano at that point. So at, I mean, from the get-go, from my very first film, I started paying attention to, to, to the music in film. Yeah. Was, was music always the goal for you, um, you know, as a young person? This is, this is what you wanted to do. I, my goal, yes. And my goals always matched up with whoever was my best teacher at the time. Hmm. If I had a great science teacher, then I wanted to be a scientist. If I want, had a great history teacher, I wanted to write history books. Um, but over time, I had more great music teachers than anything else. I mean, I had in, in elementary school and high school, both private lesson and in the public school, I just fantastic music teachers. And that's what that's what made music win out. It's uh, well, I'm glad to say it, it, that's what happened. You know, I, I'm sure you would have made a wonderful scientist. But, uh, you know, as, as a fan of your, of your music, I'm very pleased uh, it went down the musical route. And aside from film composition as well obviously you have the golden arm trio and you you are a working musician you know this is this is what you do do you have it's probably a hard question to answer but is there a particular preference where you would where you prefer writing songs for an album or you prefer scoring a film what i love is to work on a whole bunch of projects and have them all be totally different and to do new things I like, you know, I don't have a strict rule. I like revisiting old things, but sort of learning, discovering, experimenting. And sometimes that learning and discovering means I'm going backwards a bit because I'm learning a genre or a style that I don't know very well. So I'm a beginner at it. And, but it's, it's, it's that wide scope. That's what that's what excites me. Yeah. Has there been uh, a project or a, a film genre maybe that you haven't kind of tackled yet, but is something you would definitely like to do? Yeah, there are. I mean, there's some there's some music that's really fun to make. Uh, like horror music is pretty fun, and the music <sighs> has such a strong role. And everybody says that mostly, you know, oh, a lot of film composers start doing horror and then they move on, but I've actually never done, I've done little horror shorts, but I've never really done a horror feature and that would be fun. But, and then there are some great film artists that I would just love to work with, uh, that, you know, whose, whose work I love. And that, that's really what's exciting is finding, you look at the great film composers like Bernard Herrmann, he's working with Hitchcock and Orson Welles, you match up with some great artists, it's a lot easier to make great music. And so I got really lucky with working with Richard Linklater. And so just working with strong film minds, that that's really more, almost more than any genre or style. that's what's exciting. Great, great collaborators. Oh, that's really cool. I mean, we was when you were, I mean, you, you mentioned Bernard Herrmann, who's one of the greatest of all time. Was, are, are there composers that kind of stuck out 
to you when you were discovering film music? Like for me personally, Jerry Goldsmith has always been a big... He's, I mean, as composers go, I, I guess you don't really hear of many, uh, you know, fanboys of composers. But, you know, I, I know we're out there. I know we are. And Jerry Goldsmith, for me, he's, you know, someone I, I look upon very highly. Was there, you know, one or two composers for you that kind of really stood out? I had a giant notebook, a couple folders of uh, film soundtrack albums. And then, you know, on CD and before that on record so it was this wide exploration. There was, the, there was that period of uh, great Chinese filmmaking, Raise the Red Lantern and Farewell My Concubine. And all that music made a huge impact on me. And uh, then the Quay Brothers Film Institute, Benjamin Lechjankowski, an amazing score uh, that, that I re-listened to over and over again. Uh, there was a film about Fred Frith called Step Across the Border, which were, it was mostly pre-existing music that they cobbled together, but it put a portrait of this composer, improviser that, that was really compelling. And in a way, I loved his regular albums, but that this, it ended up being a broader musical portrait of him. I don't know, there's a, there are a million composers that I love, but those are that stand out. It is. It's, it's one of those hard things to kind of narrow down. And, you know, I find that when I talk to composers, it's, you know, it's amazing how prolific you guys really are. It's just, you know, you look at a band and a band will release an album once every three, four years. A composer in that time has done like 10 albums. It's, it's kind of bonkers at times. Yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's a, such a totally different thing where the bands are both on an artistic and a marketing cycle where they make this album and then they tour it for a couple of years and then they need to make something new, but then they can all, and then the cycle continues. Uh, but for composers were, you know, I, I work in a lot of different areas, but like for film, you're, you're not waiting for the next market window <laughs> for your album. You're, you're what you just finish your film and then you move on to the next one. Yeah. Uh, it's inspiring and I, I love doing it. So it's, it's, I, I, prefer the faster cycle yeah yeah i mean it must do you like when you're working on a film do you like to be brought on at kind of the script level or are you happy when a film is completed and you can literally go in there at the end and score the film to picture usually for me the earlier the better mm. since i like to work on multiple projects i i like it when the other like upcoming things are incubating in the back of my head. So if I've read the script, but I'm working on something else, I may, without realizing, also be coming up with ideas, vocabulary uh, that, that I could incorporate when I do get around to the actual, okay, here's the film, we're actually live, we're scoring now. Uh, occasionally it's fun to get a locked picture and you just, you know, you just hit go and dive right in and it's done. And that there, you know, the, one of the harder parts of the process is that if you start early is when the film keeps getting recut <laughs> and you have to keep adjusting your music to that. It, it can make for a stronger film, but it also is a more complicated process. And yeah. if the film is locked, it just, that can be fun as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sure. Is, is there, um, 
you being a multi-instrumentalist are you you know when you're coming up with sketches or rough ideas for things do you automatically do i mean do you start on a piano do you start on a guitar or does it generally kind of it really depends on the mood of what you've got in your head yeah i think it really depends different instruments bring out different music i mean if you sit down at a piano or if you sit down at a drum set or if you sit down at a marimba or bring up some synthesizer patch or play guitar each one of those will bring out very different things musically uh and so you don't you know it's it's you'll write pianistic music for the piano you'll write guitar generated music for guitar and so starting from different places works for different projects mm -hmm. and different like in scanner some of these things started as drum beats and then were layered on time. Some of them started as guitar tracks. Some of them I pulled up a string patch and played along to the scene and then arranged that for actual strings. Um, it really just depends. And uh, it's, it, to me, it's more fun to try starting on different instruments. Otherwise, everything's, if you start everything on the piano, then unless you have... The piano just can't do things that other instruments can do, and so you'll be restricted to the parameters of the piano. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I've always found it an interesting process how how songs actually come together, but how score, you know, how film scores are actually scored is kind of just like I I have no idea how this happened. This is magic to me, so I've, it's I always find it uh, quite fascinating. How long? did the score for Scanner take? Because, I mean, as I mentioned before, it's a musically dense film. I mean, that, that thing runs. It's, there's a lot of music there. Yeah, I mean, post-production was over a year. So we really had a lot of time. And, you know, since I read the, the novel and, and, the, and then the script and went to the set a few times, I started thinking about it even earlier than that. So, you know, a year, year and a half of, focused work and, and and a year or so more of, than that of just sort of incubation period yeah wow that's it's fascinating it's absolutely fascinating how does it feel now you know being kind of a decade down the line and it's still you know it's still very much a talked about film it's a talked about school and now we're having this you know it's, it's getting a new life uh on vinyl uh you know later on this uh later on this year What's, what's, I mean, what's that like? It's exciting to me. I mean, Scanner was an important project for me in terms of art, both artistically and in terms of my career. I had done a lot of work before that, but it was the first film from a major studio with big stars, all this. It was real. It, it changed my life in so many ways in terms of career. Hmm. But then also as a first film to do in that kind of category at that level uh, was one that we really got to dive in deep and produce something that I was proud of artistically. And so that those two things matched up was really lucky and I'm very grateful for. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait for this new vinyl release to come out. Vinyl was my chosen format, so I'm dying to see this thing and dying to uh dying to put this thing on the platter what are you uh what, what's coming up next for you what are you currently working on we just uh we're working on a whole bunch of things some film work right now uh and generally the film work i don't 
talk much about until it's actually done. But we did just premiere a couple of scores that I did at South by Southwest, a documentary about a, a collage artist called The Secret Life of Lance Letcher. And, uh, and then another feature called uh, The Honor Farm. And those just premiered. I'm working on a chamber opera about Mexican revolutionary Pancho Villa. Oh, wow. Had its first iteration a few months ago in way in West Texas, but now we're going to premiere it here in Austin and then take it to New York and beyond uh, after this. And that's in the next couple of weeks. Um, and then oh, the, the, it's a fun list of stuff. I'm working on a bass drum concerto. Wow. <laughs> Um, and then I do a lot of theater. I do a lot of dance, ballet, stuff like that. Um, so there's always a bunch going on. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds to me like you, you still very much love performing live. I do. Is, I mean, do you think there would ever be a time where we could perhaps see like, you know, a scanner darkly live or, you know, some of your other film scores live? It's, it's something that we're actually talking about trying to figure out if the scanner was very overtly as studio project as far as the music and we've done a little bit of it live but doing a complete concert of it is not something we've managed to pull off but i think it is possible and something i would love to do yes well that is something i would definitely love to see or hear if i had the opportunity so uh yeah i really hope that happens if if the music gods are out there and they're listening uh let's make <laughs> that happen that would be a fun thing listen graham it's been absolutely wonderful to talk to you today i am i'm a, a very big fan of your work i i cannot wait for this new release of scanner and it's just been wonderful to talk to you thank you so much it's been great to talk to you The score for A Scanner Darkly is available digitally now through Lakeshore Records and on vinyl through Fire Records. Mm -hmm.